0: Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by The Harrier. And today we have a few interesting stories to go over. I'm sure. All of you are very interested about one particular race uh, that I'm definitely going to get into. Uh, Besides that, uh, not a ton of stories to get into because it seems like next week is actually going to be a much bigger week for track and field, but we'll get into all the details there in just a moment. Uh, Before we get into the episode, make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, uh, leave a review. really helps us know that you're enjoying the content and helps us reach uh, some new audiences. So uh, help share the love there. Uh, All is appreciated. Um, So first... Obviously, big race that was also not a big race. Um, for those that don't know, if you've been living under a rock, I guess, for the past few weeks, um, star wide receiver from the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, announced on Instagram and Twitter earlier last week, I believe it was on Monday or Tuesday, um, via a Instagram post where he was walking across the track, dropped some spikes, and said May 9th, and so... Everyone kind of put two and two together and realized he was going to be running at the Golden Games this previous weekend, uh, which he did. He ran the 100. He was in the second heat. It was a a two-heat race, which then there was a final, Uh, and so he competed there, and um, there was a lot of anticipation for this race. Um, There was a lot of people... Um, that were on one side of things, saying he's going to be running somewhere around a, you know, ten flat. Could he be even? Could he even break ten? And then there was there was a lot of people that were in the this guy's going to be running a ten eight, a ten nine, is he even going to break eleven. So there was a lot of people on both sides of the spectrum. And one thing that we noticed is that a lot of people that would be experts former professionals, people that have a lot of knowledge about our sport. A lot of those people were saying that DK was going to be running somewhere around a 10-7 or a 10-6, maybe a 10-5 if he's lucky. So there was a lot of people saying that. And some pretty prominent names too. It doesn't take much digging to see who, who those people might be. And we were happily surprised to see that DK Metcalf Ended up running a 10.37. Uh, what does that mean? There's a few things. So, one, that's not world class speed, obviously. So, uh, that's something that we can just knock out right there. He is not world class speed. By world class, I mean he's not running 10 2, 10 1. He's not in that conversation. He's also not slow. <laughs> like, he beat two people in this race uh, that were in a previous heat, and he also tied with another guy, essentially. I mean, he beat him by thousands of a second. So it was very close to essentially a tie with another guy who was a professional athlete in his heat. So he was able to hold his own. I mean, by track and field standards, he got smoked. But if you look at the race, he didn't because everyone was so spread out that it was, it's almost like he was just as close to getting first place as, you know, the guy in second. But it's a prelim. People are kind of not running as fast as they can. But we learned a lot of things from this race. And so the biggest one being that this guy, D.K. Metcalf, who is not the best, who is not the fastest football player in the league, was able to hold his own in a track and field race. It showed a lot of athleticism, brought a lot of eyes to our sport. And he also had a lot of respect for the track and field athletes. He actually said, uh, and I quote, Personally, it was a good experience. Anybody else who has a different opinion, you're entitled to your own opinion. But, I mean, I think I did very well for myself. Uh, He also, in, in an interview afterwards, was saying... Hey, he wanted to do this just so he could test his speed against world-class athletes. He's like, I knew that these guys were fast, but didn't realize how fast they were. And so he had a lot of respect. He, w- he wasn't doing this because he wanted to prove people wrong and and prove that NFL people are faster than than track athletes. He didn't go in there saying that. That's kind of the narrative that, the media have, uh, because, I mean, you're gonna, we're going to sensationalize stuff. I mean, I guess I'm part of it now, so I got to say I'm sensationalizing it. Um, I mean, he, he did really well um, for what was expected of him. And I think that what makes this race even more exciting is what does this mean going forward? What other NFL players are going to want to test themselves out, seeing if they can better DK's time? Because there's a lot of players that are faster than him that I'm sure was like, 1037. 3 seven. Hmm. I know I'm faster than DK. Could I be flirting with a 10-1 time? I know that there are a lot of athletes that think that. Um, in particular... Um, Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill of the the Chiefs is definitely thinking this because he once once upon a time was able to run 9.99. He was a sub 10 guy. Or it was wind dated, but he was a sub 10 guy at one point, and that was in high school. And so I know he saw this time. He tweeted about it, saying, "Sheesh, that's fast." So I know he's probably thinking, "Man, let me put up the sp- put on the spikes one more time, see what I can do." So I think that this is great. It's going to open the door for more NFL players that that are going to want to run. Will they want to run this year? I don't know. It might be too late by this point because they're going to be starting to do doing training camp coming up soon. So, so maybe other people are going to miss this round. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see more people trying to run next year. Uh, that could be pretty exciting. Uh, and, and also the biggest thing that I was a fan of is the fact that this brought a lot of new eyeballs to the sport and a lot more conversations to the sport of track and field. Uh, I, so I don't usually watch a lot of, uh, or don't have the TV on in, in the background during the day. But today I really wanted to make sure I had it on to these sports channels, you know, like Colin Cowherd or, or, you know, first take things like that to see what they were going to say. And, and every single one of them mentioned this race and mentioned track and field and talked about, you know, how fast he ran and, and how fast other people were running and that doesn't happen. I mean, the last time the track and field was probably mentioned during, you know, for, uh, you know, at all probably was first when he ran when DK ran down Buda Baker back in January, and then probably the next time after that was probably 2016 Olympics. So it's it, we don't get mentioned on ESPN and Sports Center and all that stuff, and several several analysts probably over the course of a couple, probably like an hour worth of content just talking about track and field because this guy, an NFL player, was on it. And so it was annoying to me seeing that there are some of these track and field purists that are like, no, this is terrible for our sport. We have this guy that is running ten-three speed. He's not that fast. Why are we talking about it? There are so many other races that were going on. It's like, yes, you're right. There were, this was not the, an impressive outing by track and field standards. Like, this was, like, he ran what would be the equivalent of, like, a G League basketball thing. Uh, or or some, some college basketball stuff. Where it's like, yeah, good, it's an impressive time. Like, 10 3, 7 is an impressive time, but... It's not, like, we wouldn't be talking about this if he wasn't an NFL guy, but he is. He is one of the biggest names in the NFL, and that's why we're talking about it, and that's why a lot more people watched that race than normally would have. Now, something that I have against track and field is that we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with this because his race wasn't even live on the regular TV broadcast. Like, you had to have either Peacock or you had to have – um, what was it, the USA track and field plus thing, or like you had to be in, in certain areas? Like, if you were in Australia, you had to have flow track. Like, you weren't able to just watch this on NBCSN because they didn't air any track and field events on TV until 4 30. And so, why didn't we just move this race to 4 30? If you know that this is going to be one of the biggest races. Um, The most eyes that are going to be watching this race in in a long time, like not a lot of people uh, are going to be watching uh, this race under normal normal circumstances, but this is a normal circumstances. So why didn't we move this to 430? So it could have been on the regular TV broadcast. So people could have actually seen it. Instead of just watching the clip, then uh, then other people might have decided to stay and watch the women's 100 or the 200s or the other athletes that are fantastic that were running after this, and so it's just once again just track and field shooting itself in the foot. Uh, I hate the fact that it's so difficult to watch our sport compared to literally any other sport. Like it's 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 the most impossible thing in the world, and I don't understand it. Uh, it's it's just super frustrating. So. That stinks, but um, I guess we digress. Uh, looking forward to seeing what other NFL athletes are going to be running. This is going to be the last time I'm talking about DK. Well, I say that, but I'll probably bring it up in, in a future future episode. But but who knows? So uh, let's get into other athlete performances that I was impressed by going into this or coming out of this weekend. Uh, one, Shikari Richardson in the 100 did it again, running another 10.7. I think it was a 10.74. Actually, into a headwind, which was very impressive. Uh, she was upset with her time. She wanted to run uh, sub ten seven. Um, I mean, the fact that she had what was it one point two meter per second headwind, which is no joke, uh, makes it difficult. Uh, people did a conversion saying it would have been a ten six nine without wind. I mean, who knows? Um, she has it in her. Like she has, she definitely can run sub ten seven. Uh, she's got a lot of you know speed in her legs. She's super fast, uh, and she really just kind of breaks away from the from the the rest of the pack. Like it's going to be her, and then the rest of the field uh, at the Olympics this year, because she's just doing incredible things. So love love to watch that. Next performance that I really liked this weekend uh, Rye Benjamin in the 400 meter hurdles got the world lead. He ran a 47.13. Which is incredible because I couldn't even comprehend running a forty-seven thirteen in an open four hundred, let alone throwing some hurdles in front of me. So uh, that was great. It was his first four hundred of the year as well. He's or four hundred hurdles of the year. Sorry, because he he had been doing a lot of open four hundreds instead. So he finally transitioned to doing the, the hurdles this year uh, or this week, and that was uh you know that was pretty cool to to watch. Uh, not in this meet, but it was. A performance this weekend that that I was excited about, uh, Benjamin Asmati of West Texas A&M. He actually set a Division II record in the 200. He ran a 20.13. Uh, the name probably sounds familiar because he's broken several records uh, on the Division Two level, uh, especially in indoors. I think he might have, I think it was the 60 that he broke in indoors. So he's got a lot of speed. Uh, exciting to see uh, him do well. And once again, it's just more proof that You don't have to go division one. You don't have to go to a power five school. You can go anywhere and be talented because 20.13 is no joke. Wherever you're going, that's a top time in the nation, um, irregardless of what division you're running in. It's, it's fast. And so you don't think that you have to go to these blue chip schools in order to be successful. You can go anywhere and ball out. So definitely like, don't, Tie yourself down to saying, "Nah, man, like I want to be successful. I have to. I have to go to these schools that everyone's going to know the name of." Because, i I didn't know West Texas A and M before Benjamin Asmati. Uh, I'm sure many people did not know it either. And he's putting it on the map and showing, like, "Hey, this is a, a this is a big." This is some big times. I mean, and it's great seeing that there's two really prominent Division Two runners right now. Uh, Benjamin Ismadi uh, is 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 doing well, and then uh, Trevor uh, Bassett out of uh, out of Ashland is is also doing fantastic. So it's just like it shows that you do not have to go at the Division One level in order to be successful. He's doing fantastic. So go where you want. Don't feel you have to, you know, abide by the pressure and, and follow and follow, you know, to the big schools and then not compete just because, you know, you're there and you're not competing. Go to somewhere you compete and, and do well. Uh, next, uh, kind of a preview. Um, so this upcoming weekend uh, will be the conference championship weekend. So, well, a lot of conference championship weekends. Some conferences have already happened or um, last week or, or the week before, um, I know my school's uh, alma, my alma mater had already competed, uh, but many of the major conferences like the ACC's, SEC's, um, Big 12's, or all that stuff, I believe all their conferences are happening this weekend. So there's going to be a lot of races collegiately. Uh, I bet you there's going to be a ton of collegiate records that'll, that'll probably be going down. Uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. Um, so, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and that'll give us a really good idea of who's going to be tuned up and ready to go come prelim time, which is going to be what, like a week or two after, uh, I believe it's a, I believe it's the next weekend is, is going to be prelim. So we'll see, we'll get a good idea of, of who it's going to be and, and we'll see who then qualifies for the prelims and, and gets ready for the, for the, uh, the national championship just a few weeks after that. So that should be a good one there. Uh, Then last one uh, that I have for the preview wise, the American Track League, they're having their first outdoor meet of the year happening this Saturday. Um, Best part about this is it is going to be live on ESPN at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, I believe. Um, So you're going to be able to catch all the action there. Uh, Majority of the meet will be streamed, uh, will be live on ESPN. And then a few events following are going to be able to – you can able to stream it for like a small fee. And so the thing that I loved so much about this um, is that I believe it's Sound Running is teaming up with American Track League to do this. And on their Instagram, they wrote out saying, hey, so these are the events that are going to be live on ESPN. It was like the the 110 hurdles. I think it was maybe 400, 800 um, – I think long jump, maybe a few, a few different events. Like some of the main events are going to be live on ESPN that you will be able to watch. Here are a list of events that will not be streamed on, or will not be live on ESPN because of of timing. It makes sense. They're going to have, they have a few extra events that aren't going to make it. It was like three or four. I think it was like 5k, maybe steeple, uh, a few other events. I think they're primarily distance. They were like, Hey, look, those events aren't going to be on ESPN. But if you would like to purchase uh, an, an exclusive stream to watch those extra events, you can do that. And then they even said, and this is what I liked even more, is that what are what is your money going towards? And it said, well, your money is going to be going towards being able to pay these athletes to compete. And so they're just being extremely transparent of what this money was going for that you were purchasing. Um, and so it wasn't saying like, Hey, this money is going into, you know, the pockets of our CEOs to, you know, to just get richer and richer. I mean, you know, we don't, there's not enough money in track and field for that, but they're saying, no, this money is going directly into paying the athletes to be here. So by you, coming here and supporting, you know, the stream, you're helping support your favorite athletes compete to be able to see them compete again in the future. So that's something that I really love. They're just being super transparent with it. Uh, I even wrote them a message, you know, thanking them for the transparency. So that, that is a meet that I am very much looking forward to. Uh, they have a lot of pretty big names that, that do that. Cause Paul Doyle, who is the, the founder of it he obviously is one of the, the biggest agents in track and field, so he can get a lot of his athletes to, com- to compete in those meets for sure. And so it's going to be another exciting weekend. I'm sure next episode is going to be chock-filled with things that, we're, that we saw uh, happen. I'm excited for that. So keep your eyes out for this week. It should be a good meet of track and field. And um – Yeah, that's going to be the episode. So um, thank you for listening to another episode of Track World News. Um, Make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, uh, leave a review for the show. It really helps us know you're enjoying the content. Um, It's all appreciative. If you would like to get more content, you can follow us on on Instagram at Track World News. We make sure to post different clips, uh, news, and other types of things in track and field space. So you definitely don't want to miss that. Uh, Have a good one, and peace. What you know, man? you know, man? you know, man?